Namaste, and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we are exploring the mystical and the mundane, and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, and today I am discussing the heart chakra. In this podcast series of chakras called the Rainbow Bridge, if you haven't yet checked out my chakra overview episode, that's episode number 16, do so. If you haven't as well checked out the first three chakra episodes, that's the root chakra episode number 17, the sacral chakra episode number 19, and the solar plexus chakra episode number 21, definitely give those a listen because I've gotten so much positive feedback regarding those episodes and really so many sweet DMs and emails about aha moments that y'all have had who have listened to it. But today we are delving into the fourth chakra, aka the heart chakra. And some of you might want to start there. (laughs) You can kind of think about this chakra in a way like hump day, because it is the keystone chakra, so to speak, that is at the center of the chakra system that is comprised of seven chakras. It's the fourth in the center. And The keystone, like in any wall or structure, in some sense, keeps the integrity of the structure totally together due to its fulcrum-like and very centered presence. The Sanskrit name for this chakra, and I will cite this since the chakra system itself was really midwifed from the Indian tradition, is called Anahata. Anahata literally means the unstruck sound. This more oblique name for this heart chakra is a few fold. One understanding is that it can be both awakened and healed through mindfulness sound practice called a japa. Now, japa is the Sanskrit word for the practice of mantra repetition, mantra meaning mind tool. So when we use our mind like a tool and repeat words, Perhaps it's a sacred phrase or syllables with woke energy or infused with the power of having been repeated by the masses for a period of time with the same collective intention. Then this repetition of the sacred infused words is called japa practice. Once you practice this practice for an extended period of time or often consistently, because that's how we really try to aim to do our practices with consistency over a long period of time. What happens is that the words or words, aka mantras in the yoga world, filled with intention, start to become actually internalized and eventually silent. And at times, even automatic. So you might be having a conversation with a loved one or maybe perhaps just waking up in the morning or falling asleep and subtly hear or sense 
these sacred words you've repeated over the long haul vibrating within you. Sometimes this chakra's nomenclature is translated as well as the cave of peace. And I love this so much. It's so sweet. Referring to the silent hum of the heart that is always buzzing around the sweetness of the divine or spirit, which is said is its abode. A great Indian saint, Bhagavan Itinanda, said, The heart is the hub of all sacred places. Go there and roam. And as mystics, seekers of the truth, and humans trying to live a more conscious life, we sense and know that the answers live within ourselves. Those answers are the unstruck sound we are waiting to discover. The universe has hidden itself like a pirate does a treasure within your very own heart, and it is up to you to discover its whereabouts. There is honey in your heart waiting to be discovered, and there is even a breathwork practice that I teach called Brahmari that is said to have cardiac benefits, and I'll be sharing a video of this breath practice on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash love. But if you haven't done it before or have cardiac or respiratory issues, you know, you can check in with your doctor or find a skilled practitioner to show you its ropes. Anyway, it's a really sweet practice. And I love it, this Brahmari, because if you're like me and don't have a lot of quiet moments or if you're around people a lot or noise a lot, and not much solo time, it's a practice you can do when others are around or noise is engulfing you. So you can really take it with you on the road and take it anywhere in your moment-to-moment life. The French writer of one of the most exquisite texts in my mind called The Little Prince said, Here is my secret. It is very simple. It is only in the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. And I just want to honor my French ancestors and its culture by repeating it in the language in which it was written for all you Francophiles like me. <laughs> Il est très simple. On ne voit bien qu'avec le cœur. L'essentiel est invisible pour les yeux. And I share this quote because it encapsulates a story that encapsulates truly this chakra. In a nutshell, in the opening of this book, The Little Prince, an adult aviator shows this character, The Little Prince, who has previously lived on a small asteroid his whole life without much experience elsewhere. And the aviator shows The Little Prince who's just arrived on Earth, a drawing that the aviator drew as a child that in his mind was a boa constrictor who had swallowed an elephant. But to everyone else around him, all the adults, it simply looked like a hat. And when the aviator shows the little prince his childhood drawing, the prince is able to see the elephant that was swallowed by a boa constrictor, unlike all the other adults. He can largely perceive this invisible 
and you might say unstruck reality because of his childlike simplicity and clarity of heart, which are so much the qualities of this chakra when it's in full health, radiance, and balance. So I'd invite you right now to close your eyes if it's safe to do so, simply for a moment or two. And if it's not, you can make your gaze a little bit diffuse with the eyelids a little heavier if it's safe to do so. Think about someone you know that you love completely and totally unconditionally. Someone who has a quelque chose, a spark that unequivocally lights you up. It might be a child or even a pet or an older person with a twinkle in their eye. They can be alive or maybe they've passed, but take a few breaths and recollect their details. What's the color, shade, or look of their eyes? What's the tone of their skin? the shape of their hands, or other aspects of their body. Their smile, laugh, or way of being that you simply and undeniably adore. Render that. Remember it. Feel it. Study the details of them in your mind's eye. Drink this feeling of them in. And notice where this feeling delivers you, like signed, sealed, and delivered. It's to your anahata, heart chakra. The heart is the hub of all sacred places. Go there and roam. The heart, of course, which most of us identify, is where the love that we share for those we love, lives. It's the center of compassion. And often this compassion, when it's regarding ourselves, is also part of what is unstruck. And the way and the wisdom and the healing of this chakra is moving towards compassion and love, not only to others, but to ourselves. Take a moment now, and you can take your hands, again if it's safe to do so, and simply place them about three to six inches in front of your heart. And then visualize or pretend you're holding a moderately sized orb. You can picture a ball, if that feels more concrete and stable to you, or an orb of green energy. A ball of green energy. And simply hold it right in front of your heart. See if you can sense any heat or temperature off of it. If there are any other wisdom hits or images that flash through your mind or sensations through your body, you can notice that. And then if you feel moved and it feels safe, you can actually gently draw your hands towards your heart and touch your physical heart space. Or you could simply bring the fingertips towards the heart and feel right 
in front of your heart. And then you can release the hands. The Anahata Chakra has to do with, as I mentioned, the basic right to love. Having received unconditional love and compassion from family and having these feelings, as I mentioned, towards self. As well, the love of deep friendship. And this chakra is deeply affected by cultural prejudices, war, animosity, or anything birthing enmity between groups and individuals. The psychological theme, simple, love. However, love is not always so simple in itself. The element, or Mahabhuta, it's called in Sanskrit, is air. Vayu, it's called. Air. What does this mean? Well, many spiritual and mystical traditions associate air with intellectual dexterity. Words, right? How do we express our love? Creativity. Softness spaciousness, and a quickening, a quickness of movements and a feeling. The color associated with this chakra, some of you might have guessed it already, is green. And I remember when I first learned this, I thought it was really a little bit odd, green, because culturally I always associated the heart with pink or red. And then After a long story that I personally had of a healing journey where I had a fracture to my sternum, any kind of injury to the physical space of the body where a chakra lives will impact it because the body and our energy are inextricably connected. And I go into that again at great length in my chakra overview. So For me, it was pretty amazing because I had been on a journey of healing this area of my body for well over a year. And then one night in a dream, I saw myself and I saw this area of my body and there was a big green heart that came out from the sky and was huge and then got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And implanted itself in my heart. And when I woke up, I didn't have any more pain. And at that moment, I thought, aha, I guess the ancient yogis were right. It is really green, this heart chakra. (laughs) The childhood psychological development stages of this chakra are approximately four years to seven. That's when a child begins to show interest in relationships outside their primary ones. And the child begins developing compassion. I remember reading an article about a principal at a nursery school and elementary school speaking of this and how the younger kids could not understand how to really put themselves in someone else's shoes. So in the way of, like, say, retribution, if one child hit another, you couldn't say, oh, well, think of how that child feels or was shaming or even bullying and that he said around that age of four or five, that's when kids were able to start to do this. And it's really, really pretty amazingly true. 
developing compassion is a part of this. And the nature of the relationships that kids develop around this age greatly affect this chakra in the way of healthy development and also self-esteem. Conceptual thinking allows one to see the world as a complex set of relationships and social identity at this age becomes developed in this way. This identity relies on self-acceptance. Self-acceptance really, right, is the key that allows for acceptance of others. And so all of these overtones are addressed in the times of a child in this stage. During adult development of this chakra, what happens is we develop each chakra as kids. And then when we become adults, then the development happens again, so to speak, or it's really just taking it to the next level. The focus is on relationships that mature past hormones into true empathy and true altruism. So it has a lot to do with the ability to maintain lasting partnerships and relationships and really doing the deeper work with relationships in every sector of life. And this requires serious reevaluation and introspection of one's own behavior towards others. And questions one might start to ask themselves is, what role do I play in my relationships? What role do I desire to enact? Which parts of myself have been repressed? Which parts of myself do I need to reclaim? Mindfulness and responsibility really combined support the adult development of this chakra and health. So much about the yoga of relationships. The word yoga comes from the root word yuj, which means to yoke. And so relationships, right? They're about yoking oneself to another, whether it be a partner, a sibling, a child, a parent. And then of course we can decide as adults, are we gonna stay connected to these people? We can reject these people. And so it's, it's interesting, this whole idea of yoking and taking responsibility for one's relationships and one's role within them in service of love. The balance between the masculine and the feminine energies within oneself is associated with the fourth chakra because it's, it's a lot about balance because it's in the center. It's the keystone chakra. So when there's balance in the center, then there's great health. The chakra challenge, I like to call it, of this energy center is grief. Whether it's loss of love, loss of a relationship, loss of a loved one physically, or in presence. And grief is something that our society doesn't always acknowledge or handle so well. And so if this is the case, if one doesn't have the space, the time, the know-how or support to grieve and go through the many important stages of grief, this chakra can be influenced in a detrimental way. Stressors and traumas for this chakra that can bring up grief in addition to a lot of other challenges are rejection and abandonment, 
shaming with the constant criticism. So if we had parents that were hypercritical of us, that can come out when we're adults as being hypercritical towards others. Abuses to the other chakras, especially the lower ones, really affect this chakra because there are three that come before this chakra that this one sits upon. So if your first, second, or third chakra have been severely depleted or there's an extreme excess of energy in those chakras, it will affect this chakra. Unacknowledged grief, including a parent's grief. So we inherit so often energies from our parents that affect our chakras because many of us lived with them or their stories and traumas, if we didn't grow up with our biological parents, for some of us live within our DNA and some of us, they live in our psyches as well. Divorce, death of a loved one, as I mentioned, or simply a more loveless kind of frigid environment as a kid. Conditional love as a child, like the sense that when you're growing up, your parents or caretaker would love you if you did X, Y, Z, or if you acted like ABC. And sexual or physical abuse or betrayal can exacerbate stress and trauma in this chakra. An excess of energy in this chakra would be codependency. Codependency, when our happiness is dependent on someone we are in relationship with and love. And sometimes that's like an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. Sometimes it can include being in a relationship with someone who requires support on account of illness or addiction. And this energy that binds you with that person is called codependent. Poor boundaries, demanding, clinging, jealousy, or overly sacrificing. Great way to heal an excess in this chakra is to really like so much healing of all the chakras. Spend time in nature. Nature is the great healer and the great really balancer of chakras and our energy. Say no to over needy friends or loved ones. Take time for yourself and set a limit to it and stick to it. Maybe take a break from media, the news, or maybe you watch something funny on Netflix, a comedy, and laughter is great medicine for this chakra. Let someone else take care of you. Receive and accept a healing or thoughtful compliment. Psychotherapy is fabulous for this chakra where we examine right, our assumptions about relationships, our emotional grief, and we can work on forgiveness when that work is appropriate in addition to working on compassion for ourselves. Breathing exercises called pranayam with a focus on filling up the chest or exercise, working with the arms, reaching out the arms, taking them in if you're able to do that. Journaling is a really great way to get in touch with our hearts. 
and trying maybe to take yourself out to dinner and going to the movies yourself, doing activities that regularly, quote unquote, you might only do or people might only consider doing when they are in relationship romantically. It's such an empowering practice to do those things and I highly recommend it. Say no to an overly needy family. Friend, deficiencies in this chakra would be antisocial tendencies to be withdrawn, maybe cold, critical, judgmental, intolerant of oneself or intolerant of others. Loneliness and isolation are symptoms of a deficient fourth chakra. Depression as a result from the affirmation things, a state of mind and heart. Fear of intimacy and lack of empathy. Narcissism, and that becomes such a colloquial word. But really, to be narcissistic is to really not feel empathy and compassion for others, to not really have access to those feelings. And really an exaggerated experience of this. So to heal a deficiency would be as well, breathing exercises, pranayama, focusing on the chest, journaling too, nature too. So a lot of similarities with the panacea for excess and deficiencies in this chakra system in the heart chakra. Volunteering to help people who are suffering, like maybe at a food bank or homeless shelter or even pet shelters for those of us like myself who love animals, or just performing a random act of kindness to a stranger, committing to do this maybe as a practice once a week and writing it down so you hold yourself accountable to that, and expressing appreciation for someone you love in your life, for someone you care about. Psychotherapy for the very similar themes and reasons when appropriate. And doing something genuinely kind for someone in your life that's like a spouse or significant other or a family member without expecting any payback whatsoever. Just this overall expression of appreciation, which isn't at all for your gain or benefit, but for those around you. The color green is associated with this chakra, as I mentioned. And one thing that I always think about with this chakra is the fetal heart and the four stages in different beings, because the physical anatomy is really at times emblematic of spiritual evolution. And if you think of a fish, they have a one tube shaped like heart, often green. The two chambers in a frog, (laughs) again, frogs often green. And three chambers in a snake or turtle who are often green. (laughs) You might catch my theme. And then, of course, we have four, the warm-blooded mammals. And it really represents the courage to be warm-blooded, right? It takes courage to grow four chambers of the heart and heal your fourth chakra. We grow into a full heart, some of us faster than others, and it's okay. You know, I think a lot of times you'll hear things in our society like, oh, live from the heart and 
everyone is assuming that, you know, everyone feels love for all their family members or friends and such, but life is much more complex than that. And it really takes spiritual and psychological maturation to be in touch with yourself. If you don't have those feelings for people in your life, and there might be good reason why you don't, and perhaps it's healthy not to. But again, evaluating and being real about where you are in your development and where you'd like to go and grow is so, so key. The scents associated with this chakra that can bring healing and balance and joy are rose, eucalyptus, bergamot, geranium, coriander, and jasmine. And the rocks associated with this chakra are jade, emerald, and rose quartz. I've heard a lot of different healers talk about during a meditation, if you put any of those rocks on your lap, or you can even lie down flat. And if it's comfortable and safe for you to do so, put them on your heart to help soothe the heart chakra. The Sanskrit bija mantra associated with this chakra is yam, Y-A-M. And so you could repeat aloud or silently, yam, 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 a lovely, simple mantra, mind tool to heal, awaken, and enliven this chakra. Japa practice, as I mentioned earlier, and maybe you repeat it so much it becomes a japa practice, a quiet internal one that is humming in the honey of your heart. This chakra is associated with Monday, Monday being the moon day. And in Western astrology, it's associated with that element of air, Aquarius, Gemini, and Libra. Chakra blocks, or I'd like to say like thoughts that are thematically maybe a symptom that this chakra might be imbalanced within yourself would be along the lines of, I don't feel worthy of love. You don't feel like you're worthy of having adoration and deep, profound love. I have a hard time expressing forgiveness. Forgiveness is this thing that feels elusive. It doesn't come easy. If you have a hard time apologizing, then it's something to look at. I have a hard time to look in the mirror and express self-appreciation. So it's you know normal and natural in our society, particularly that's so focused on our external appearances, to see ourselves in the mirror and maybe be somewhat critical. But if we can't get to a place of self-appreciation ever when we see ourselves in our reflection, then that would be indicative of this chakra could use some support and work. The Indian Deva Devi, god or goddess associated with this chakra is Lord Hanuman. He's a monkey god who spends his whole life in service of devotion, devotion to the love of his teacher. And he's often depicted opening his chest, literally, and his heart popping out of it with love because his love and devotion, it's called bhakti, your devotion is so great to that which you serve, 
devotion, emotion, compassion, and action is who he embodies. And he is an aspect of you. He literally flies all the time everywhere. So again, there's this energy and notion of air, the element of air and of wind. Affirmations that would support the healing and balancing of this chakra are as follows and feel free to repeat them silently or aloud. I am worthy of love. I am loving to myself and towards others. I am kind and I am open. I am nature's expression of love on this earth. There is an infinite supply of love. The Anahata Chakra is where not only our relationship with those we love in every way, romantically, platonically, and familial love, but also really very much about our love relationship with the quote-unquote beloved, a.k.a. the divine, the universe, spirit, self, void, god, goddess, (laughs) whatever name that speaks to that essence of spirit that exists within you and within all beings, the primordial energy, within that is both the force and the source, that aspect of yourself that is childlike, like the little prince, because of its both ineffability and purity. It is said that this chakra is awakened and activated in direct proportion to that which you are utterly devoted to, whether it's a deity, which is like an archetype, an energy, like Hanuman I mentioned, or any archetype of your choice, or whatever form or even non-form that you understand or visualize spiritual and mystical intelligence to be. So what is it that you are devoted to? Get clear about this mystical, spiritual, and even mindfulness practices all recap the benefit that they generate what's called bhakti in Sanskrit or devotion. So it's a beautiful contemplation to contemplate on a semi-regular basis, an updated version of what you are in full devotion to as you know it will grow, especially if we put our consistent practices into place. So if you as a practice go to the woods and that is your church, so to speak, and you do it with love and reverence, all of your devotion wells up and love for the forest will swell up and grow as you continue this connection. Also, your connection to the universal within will grow 
proportionally. If you practice seeing equal goodness and light in the person who collects your trash and the boss who you report to and your family members as well, well, that kind of devotion to humanity nurtures the divinity and the awareness of it within. So get clear on the practices of love that you want to do every day as a practice and do them. Get clear what you are and who you are devoted to in this moment of your life. And then the activities that might seem rote or even mundane, like for me, spotting my entire family's laundry as I wash their laundry, which there are a lot of spots when you have kids. (laughs) And you start to consider making them a formal practice of devotion As you wash your dishes, you can wash them knowing they are the plates of your beloveds, that your loved ones in your world, whomever they are, have the divinity, the spark of humanity within them, and they're eating on those dishes. (laughs) Or they might be your dishes, and that same spark of the universal whose magic lives in you is eating on them, and that's you. So every act, like cleaning your apartment or house, consider offering it up to the divine or to humanity in whatever form you imagine. And notice what happens. Notice the state of your heart, how it will shift, expand, and how even your mind and how you think about what you're doing will change. Then even up the ante and try doing an act like this, like taking out your neighbor's trash, or performing some action that benefits you in no way. And again, watch the state of your heart. What happens? Notice the environment of your mind. What happens when you do that? Consider making this small, seemingly random act of kindness a practice. You will feel your heart chakra. I guarantee it. (laughs) In that tale called The Little Prince, one of my favorite books ever that I mentioned, the little prince had also loved and cared for a rose whom he thought was one of a kind on the asteroid he initially lived before he came to Earth. And when he arrives here on Earth, he sees a wall covered in roses and they look just like his rose and he's at first shattered totally distraught until a wise fox schools him that the outward appearance of the rose does not matter as much as what is within for what the heart can see it's not what the eyes can see this prophetic character the little prince who truly embodies a modern mystic for he realizes that It truly is all the time and devotion he spent caring for his particular rose that made it so sweetly smell. The prince's rose matters to him because of the connection way beyond form they shared of a loving and sometimes like love, vexing relationship that they have developed. 
The both reverence and devotion in equal measure he practiced, showering upon it in the end, changes his experience of life and what's possible. And when we let our experience and practice of love and devotion really, really in, it too changes for ourselves our understanding of what's possible in this life. The heart is the hub of all sacred places. Go there and roam. Find the hidden treasure within that is the universal, that is spirit, that is the divine. Now I invite you to take a moment and if you're driving, then you can just listen to the words And if you can stop doing what you're doing, you can, or you can continue on. You can close the eyes and you'd like to, feel free to do that. Or you can stare at a point in front of you. Now we'll feel once again into the heart space, this heart hub. And first, pay attention to your breath. And start to listen acutely to the sound of it. Feel your body relaxing. Feel your feet heavy on the floor. If you're seated, feel that which is supporting you, holding your hips. And then feeling into your heart space once again. You can silently now or aloud begin to repeat the syllables hum, sa. Two sounds. And begin to see if you can coordinate the sound with your breath. As you feel back into your heart space, attune yourself to the rhythm and the sound of your breath. With each inhalation, notice the sound and how the breath feels. Does it expand the heart space? With each exhalation, What happens in your heart space? Can you feel the breath gently clearing, letting go of any debris or clutter in there? And now I invite you to begin to coordinate your breath with two sacred syllables. Japa. On the inhalation, You can silently or aloud repeat the syllable hum. On the exhalation, you can silently or aloud repeat the syllable sa. Hum sa. Hum sa. 
Inhale, hum. Exhale, sa. Do this a few more times. Your own rhythm. Notice in these sounds, these sacred syllables, it's said the breath makes the same sound. So maybe listen for a quiet hum on the inhalation. Maybe listen for a quiet sa on the exhalation. You might drop the syllables aloud if you're saying them aloud and now do a japa, the repetition inside. Inhale, hum. Listen for the sound of hum embedded in the inhalation. Exhale, sa. Listen for the sa embroidered in the exhalation. Hamsa literally means that I am, that honey in the heart, that sweetness in the soul. Take a moment, and if you feel moved, you can gently touch your heart space and repeat hamsa a few more times, or simply Feel hamsa reverberating in your physical heart space. You can wiggle your fingertips and feel the fingertips now connected through the wingspan of the arms into the chamber of the heart with its four magic rooms and sense this connection fingertips through heart heart out through fingertips acknowledging all the ways you serve those who you love and all that you are in full devotion and motion and compassion and action to through the hands Feel yourself connected to the floor. And when you're ready, you can open the eyes or brighten your gaze. Goodbye, said the little prince. Goodbye, said his friend the fox, who is wise. And now, here is my secret, a very simple secret. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential, said the fox, is invisible to the eye. What is essential, 
is invisible to the eye, the little prince repeated, so that he would be sure to remember. May you remember your heart. May you remember to go there and roam always. And may you always remember that what is essential is invisible to the eye and you are a part of what is essential and your essential nature, though invisible to the eye, is indivisible, indestructible, and full of love. Thank you so much, dear one, for sharing this space of audio, love, waves, and inspiration. I'll be sharing a video of the Brahmari Honey in the Heart breath practice on my Patreon page. So head on over there, patreon.com slash modernmysticlove and get that. If you haven't, as I said, done it before or have cardiac or respiratory issues, then definitely find someone who can give you medical advice about it or a practitioner to show you its ropes. May your day be filled with love and magic and sourced from devotion and motion and compassion in action. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please write me a review on whichever platform you are listening. Also, check out my exciting Patreon page at patreon.com slash modernmysticlove, where I offer all sorts of uplifting yoga classes, meditation classes, and other amazing offerings from my guests on this podcast to all my incredible supporters. Even folks who donate at the $5 a month level are so appreciated as every cent helps this busy mama of three. Or check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can purchase yoga videos of all levels with me ranging from gentle yoga up through advanced asana and also meditation videos there. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste.